All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. What a weekend in sports, Liam. I'm shaking. I'm also hungover. Let's get into it with the lead. As, uh, as, uh, there we go. That took a second. As, uh, people who watched the show on Friday would know, I was at a town on Friday. I was at a bachelor party, hence why I am hungover today. It's a little two day hangover for me. But you were running the show on Friday. How did that go? It was good. The, uh, Oilers Nation Every Day with Liam Horbin era was a uh, show, but sweet, I think is a good way to put it. We covered a lot of topics, hard hitting news topics, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, I read the chat as much as I could. I did some organic ad reads. How did and, those go? Uh, I didn't hear any complaints. <laughs> no, so I, I'm giving you an A plus player them, grade. One of them seemed good. I struggled with the UFC name. Uh, Nunez or Aldana? Uh, Nunez was fine. <laughs> Aldana was the one I struggled with a little bit. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, welcome into Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Ramchuk and Liam Horbin. Uh, we are live on the Oilers Nation YouTube where Mistaken Mexican is in and says, should we be worried about Steos getting poached by potential new ownership in Ottawa? We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. We got a lot of ground to cover today on the show. A lot of ground to cover live from the Sports Closet studio. Check them out online, sportscloset.ca. A, Owen is in and says, yo, hi, guys. Have you had a wonderful weekend? Is Travis Konechny a good fit with the Oilers? What would a package look like? Oh, we're going to be talking about that, too. A lot to get to today on the show. That's going to be the topic of our Sherwood Ford Giant offseason question, which we'll touch on in uh, we'll touch on in a bit here. But first, let's talk about what we saw this weekend in the world of sports, Liam. It's our weekend report mm. brought to you by Betway 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. And there was a lot going on, starting with Game 4 of the Stanley Cup Final, which saw the Vegas Golden Knights come out on top 
in a 3-2 win. Looked like that game was going to be out of hand, like, relatively quickly. Florida crawls, climbs, claws back into it. There's what what I was looking for. Claws probably works. They almost tie it up at the buzzer, even though this last shot that got stopped or blocked or whatever, this probably wouldn't count. I think they were out of time, but the Montour got the shot off. Uh, But anyways, that wasn't so much the interesting part as the scrapping after, the way... Mm -hmm. Things really hit a level we hadn't seen in this series in terms of the hatred between these two sides. And it all starts when Montour comes flying in and and shoves McNabb into Aiden Hill. All hell breaks loose. Um, What do you make of, first off, Vegas being up 3-1 in this series? Is it over? Do you give Florida, what, 5%, 10% chance? Well, Florida were down 3-1 to Boston, so I don't think it's fair to fully rule them out. But Vegas is... They're just an absolute roll, aren't they? They've just done such a good job on the special teams against mm-hmm. the Panthers in this series, just limiting chances and goals against, which is something they've just done the entire playoff run. So I, I don't want to rule them out because I don't want Vegas to win, but it's really, really tough to put up an argument for the Panthers right now. Yeah, it's tough, especially with the series heading back to Vegas. Like You know that place is just going to be mm-hmm. absolutely rocking. For game number five, uh, it, the Panthers are plus 150 dogs for game five over on Betway. Um, and it looks like, man, Vegas is right there. Con Smythe odds, Jonathan Marcheseau is the runaway winner Ooh. right now, which is interesting. Did, uh, um, did you see that little thing the other day? The last undrafted player to win the Con Smythe? You know who it no. was? Um, did it happen this century? Uh, it happened to uh, this century. Yeah, since the year 2000. Oh, no. No, it was before 2000. It was before 2000. Who did it have been then? Wayne Glensky. Wayne Gretzky. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, okay. I guess that technically would be it. They brought it up on on TNT to Gretzky, and Biz was like, how did you go undrafted? And and Gretzky was like, it's a very long story. (laughs) But there you go. The last one to do it was Wayne Gretzky, which is quite funny. Uh, Yeah, that's uh, really, really good. So Vegas is up 3-1 on the Panthers for those of you who – Still care about the Stanley Cup final, which I'm sure there's a lot of you who are just excited for that thing mm-hmm. to be over. That was yep. not the best sporting moment of the weekend. Part of me says it's the Canadians going six for six at UFC 289. What would that parlay have paid mm-hmm. out? Also, speaking of UFC 289, uh, we talked a lot about it in the lead up. That went about as well as you probably could have scripted it. Yeah, I mean, both the, the main event and the co-main event were fantastic. You had Nunez drinking the beer, walking off, yeah, retiring, retiring. gloves on the mat. Unreal. Yeah. Uh, Oliveira is just a fantastic fighter. And yeah. it looks like we're going to get a rematch of that. Like you said, all six Canadians won. Yeah. And we even had a, a banister break at, at Rogers Arena. That was frightening. Well, right? So that was, that was big too. A lot of storylines. But now, uh, did you see? So the, the Nunez and Aldana fight wasn't the original fight. Uh, Nunez was supposed to fight Pe- Pena, I believe her name was, something like that. So she is like the second best fighter. And now she got injured. Now she is furious that Nunez has just retired. Oh, because she would have a chance. Yeah, because that would have been like she was ringside too. Was she? Yeah, because that would have been her moment to like prove that she is better than Nunez. And people kind of think that she could have beat her. And now she'll never get the chance because Nunez was just like, oh, I'm good. But if you're you're Amanda Nunez, I mean, she was up there. I think that was her daughter she was holding. I think so. Right? Like, okay. You've won everything you need to win. Mm -hmm. You really have, like, you could sit there and be like, oh, she's got to fight this person. That story will always be there. Like, you won as much money and everything you need. Your health is still intact. She's never had, like, a major injury, I don't think. 
I don't why, think so. Yeah. Why would you not walk away right now? The, the hardest thing in sports is to walk away on top. Yeah. Why does Nunes, Nunes has nothing to prove against this other mm-hmm. lady? Like she had the other, what's her name, Aaron? Do you remember? Pena? Pena, that's it. Pena. She has everything to prove. Yeah. Nunes is all good. Need to. Uh, all right. So that also does not get my number one no. spot in terms of the weekend report. All right. What gets my number one spot is the boy Nick Taylor. I see Reed's in the chat and uh, Dr. Gonzo's in the chat as well talking about this. The playoff was electric. Nick Taylor going birdie birdie on 17-18 just to even be in that spot. I know Tommy Flea would eventually surged in, but like Nick Taylor sinking that birdie putt on 18, the big fist bump, that's absolutely unreal. That was great theater in itself. It goes to a playoff hole and that somehow got it to a different level because, I mean, you had Fleetwood not having to take a stroke for the shot that goes into the grandstands, all of that kind of stuff. Mm. And then it all ends with this. The 70-footer, the eagle putt, the longest putt of Nick Taylor's pro career. I yelled louder than I probably did for any Oilers goal this season when this putt drops right in. The celebration, the putter throw, him and his caddy going nuts. Beautiful. And then all the chaos after. First (laughs) off, this crowd's going bananas. First Canadian in 69 years to win the Canadian Open. The constant cuts to Mike Weir, Adam Hadwin, Corey Connors, all watching nervously on the sideline. This whole thing was unbelievable television. They said it on the broadcast. Jim Nance said one of the greatest moments in Canadian sports. And I saw a lot of people Mm. online being like, oh, blah, blah, blah. No, it's not. I think it is, man. When you look at everything that led up to that moment, it wouldn't have been as electric. And listen, he probably would have won even if he two-putted that. If that would have finished three inches short of the hole and he tapped it in, I don't think Fleetwood was going to make that putt. He probably wins it anyways. But the point is, you nailed that long of a putt with that crowd watching you, with everything that had happened in the holes leading up to it, to do something that hasn't been done in almost seven decades in Canadian golf. Dude, that is like a top moment in Canadian sports history. That was unbelievable. It is crazy. Yeah. And I mean, it happened on Canadian soil too. It just makes it like so much more special. And it's cool to see like Tommy Fleetwood go up and show his <laughs> acknowledgement to what mm-hmm. just happened as well. And yeah, like obviously not everybody knows who Nick Taylor is. And that's probably why he's getting discounted a little bit for what actually just happened. Yeah. But like you said, that's the longest part he's ever hit in his career. And he did it to win the Canadian Open. Like that is a that is a very special moment. Do we have Hadwin getting tackled? Or do we not have that? I think uh, we might have just had the putt. Okay. Adam Hadwin after getting absolutely awesome. smoked by the security <laughs> guard. And then he's laughing with the security guard after. I thought that was hilarious. Shout uh, out to the security guard for doing his job. Yeah. That man is on the ball. He is. And I mean Adam Hadwin, it's not like he was wearing a credential <laughs> no. or anything. Like he was literally just wearing a hoodie and jeans and running around with a champagne bottle. Like I guess you probably could have seen that coming. Um but man, that was awesome. And I know a lot of people like a lot of people say watching golf on TV is boring. It's like watching paint dry. I mean, I'm a guy who loves the sport of baseball. I will sit and watch baseball four or five hours. Look at that. Like that <laughs> Looking lo- like spilling the champagne. He like puts his thumb over the top of the yeah. champagne bottle when he's laying on the ground. He's like, oh, 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 don't <laughs> well, spill that out. Yeah. We only got one bottle. <laughs> there's also like his caddy i know it's just a little off screen but there's another angle where his caddy's like whoa whoa, what's going (laughs) on over here uh but i I know a lot of people don't like watching golf i love watching golf Mm. on tv i love watching baseball on tv and 
I understand it. I think if you don't know the sport well and you don't like know the degree of difficulty that a lot mm-hmm. of these things have, you could sit there and be like, that's eh, boring. Like watching a basketball game. That's exciting, even if you've never seen the yep. sport before, because it's fast paced, right? It's easy to know what's happening and how difficult things are. It's easy to wrap your mind around why they're as gifted as they are, yes. right? I think hockey's the same way. See it, you see it every year. Nine, 10 influencers go viral because they're like, I just watched hockey for the first time. This is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Hockey's that kind of sport. Football, I think, is that kind of sport as well. But with things like baseball and golf, it's a slower bleed, right? There's a lot of downtime between mm-hmm. the action and things like that. But the reason I love those sports is because the moments that you get like this, Very like cool. the signature moments in these sports are just always set up so perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like in hockey, you know, a game winner in overtime, that's exciting. And it happens all bang, bang, right? Yeah. In baseball, like you're sitting there heart pounding as the pitcher kind of like gets into his groove and you never quite know the exact moments it's going to happen. Then bang, it does. And in golf, I mean, Nick Taylor's stepping up to hit that putt. The anticipation, he's getting his read, all of that. Then the anticipation of it rolling towards the hill and then Mm. bing, drops down. It's unbelievable, man. That's why I love watching sports like that is just because the moments, the signature moments, I think they're more electric than the signature moment you get in basketball, aside from maybe, you know, like a game winning three, right? Yeah. Signature moment in football usually comes like earlier in the game. It's rarely ever the last play of the game. Like the signature moments in sports like baseball and golf, that's what get me. Yeah. You always remember where you are as well, right? Like there's just kind of stories to tell. And the one sports moment I will never forget is, um, when Kawhi Leonard hit his game seven winner and where I was like my, my dad, hates basketball hates it he calls it netball like he is just so against it and i was like come on like it's game seven like there's two minutes left let's watch it it's all right whatever so he puts it on and then even he got out of his seat and was like holy shit that was nuts and it's just like cool shit like that there's moments in every sport like that raptors run created a generation of basketball yes the blue jays doing what they did in 15 and 16 like that created a real big mm. buzz in the country. And that created probably a generation of Blue Jays fans. Well, yeah. I have buddies who didn't give a shit about the Toronto Blue Jays they before did. the Batista hit. Fan, but yeah. Batista's hit turned the country onto that mm. run and that team, right? And I really do think like Canada golf has been bubbling for a while, man. There was a long mm. time where it was like, you know, basically just Mike Weir. And then there was a long time. Graham Delight got banged up a lot. He never really had a lot of good runs. Corey Connors had a couple of good runs. But then I was like, oh my God, it's like just Corey Connors at all these tournaments. But now it's Connors. Hughes has won this year. Nick Taylor's got a win. Yeah. Adam Svensson's got a win under his belt as well. Taylor Pendrith is starting to come up. Like there are legitimately six Canadians every tournament, almost every weekend who you can sit there and go like, damn, they might win this. And there's a buzz growing in Canadian golf. And I think this moment, will have a similar impact to a Jose Bautista home run against the Texas Rangers and things like that, where people will know these names. Nick Taylor's a household name for good now. Yeah. Every tournament, man, SportsCenter, SportsCenter, SportsNet Central, they're, they're leading with Nick Taylor if he's doing good now. He's made himself a star in Canada. I think it'll have that kind of an effect on golf in this country. Yeah, and and that's what you kind of need, right? Yeah. Like Canada is a... It's a growing country mm-hmm. in sports, I think is a good way to put it. And even it's like becoming more diversified. Yeah. And even to throw like Brooke Henderson, Brooke Henderson, right? Henderson, Brooke Henderson sorry. Yeah. yeah. Like even she's been winning a ton. She's one of the best. She top five women's golfer in the world, top three women's golfer in the world. Yeah. She's so yeah, it's a, it's a great era. Yep. Tennis kind of went through this for a while too. It's kind of getting up there a little bit now with Felix something, something. It, yeah. Felix Ojeali, a seam. Because it was like Milos Raonic. It was and, always just Milos. And right? then it was, um, was Jeannie Bouchard. 
who had like Shapovalov flash Sha- in the pan. And, and then she got her Shapovalos. And then I always got her name, but the girly one. Layla Annie Fernandez. No, uh, Bianca and Andrescu. Her run to the US yeah. Open was awesome. Yeah. So Canada does is, yeah, it's just growing in a lot of departments. Yeah. Yeah. The tennis one too. Like, I mean, they, they've never. Uh, well, not just hockey people. Yeah. And Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray, Jamal NBA Murray. finals tonight. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Jamal Murray is a great example of this kind of a thing though, right? Where mm. like he, that this generation of Canadian basketball players are here because of Vince Carter in a way, right? Yes. Vince Carter, time. Steve Nash. And then like yep, it rippled gradually. into what it is now. We're like, yeah, man, it's not uncommon. There's a couple of real good mm-hmm. NBA players that are from Canada. I think it's all, uh, I think it's all leaning that way with something. We have like a pro that. league now. Yeah. We have pro Canadian basketball league. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Uh, all right, there you go. There's your uh, weekend report, at least from the other sports. We didn't really talk yeah. a ton of Oilers-related or hockey-related stuff in there, but you were doing the show on Friday, so yes. you had a chance to break down the Severson thing. Yes, we... Do we, we are we going Severson or Severson? I, uh, I think I was calling him Severson. Okay, Damon Severson. Uh, the old sign-and-trade. So he gets that eighth year from the Columbus Blue Jackets, $6.25 million. I think there would have been a lot of teams if they, if you allow me to give my take on here because it wasn't here on Friday. There are a lot of teams who, if they would have given him 6.25 in free agency, I would have been like, that's probably not a smart use of your money. The reason I think Columbus is in an interesting spot with this is one, Yarmo Kekalainen is managing for his life. This dude's getting greased if they do not make the playoffs this year or show some significant signs of improvement. He's on his last legs. And now you go, you get Provorov, who, again, I don't think Ivan Provorov's the number one. I don't think Ivan Provorov's the number two. I think Ivan Provorov at, you know, under five million bucks, 26 years old, going to a team that should be better than the Flyers were last year. Frank's been harping on like the NHL doesn't and stats like the analytics community. It's hard to evaluate defensemen, young defensemen on bad teams. Mm-hmm. I think Provorov's going to have a step forward. So now you got those two. Wierenski back from injury. David Juracek is probably going to be a top four D-man. And then you got Jake Bean, Adam Boquist playing behind him. Columbus is building up a legit solid blue line. And when you have Boquist, who's under three mil for two more years, you have Jake Bean, who's 2.3 RFA. You're going to have Juracek on his ELC. I think you can take a stab like Severson at 6.25, knowing that, you know, once pieces on your team, even if you go to the forwards, talk about Kent Johnson, Kirill Marchenko, once those guys, Cole Sillinger, once they start to get really expensive, the capital balloon and 6.25 on Severson won't seem that bad. Yeah. I don't think the deal, the trade obviously is, is what it is, but the, the the deal for Severson is not that bad, but looking at the comparisons, like Lindholm's around yeah. the same. Um, who was the other player? There was a, another defenseman out there, wherever it may be. But like you said, like they're just putting together a really strong defensive group. And then a couple of years when the cap goes up, whatever it may be, then Frank say it might go up like 18 million in like the next three years it or might, something. Yeah. Like this is going to be absolute pennies for what it is. And if Columbus become a, a, a relevant team, the blue line is good. Hopefully that can help their goaltender in most Lurkins, who was yeah. piss poor last season. Having Babcock as the coach could help that too. Yeah. And then you look at the forward group, this piece is. Gaudreau, Line obviously, Boone Jenner's good. Mm-hmm. Jack Roslovic's actually a pretty solid player, too. You just need another somewhat of a star in that group. You need another centerman. Yes, that's the big thing. You need the centerman so bad. And today on a new episode of the DFO Rundown, every Monday and Thursday, Jason Greger and Frank Servali find that wherever you get your podcast from. Frank brought up the name. My question to the guys during my segment with them was, who's the ideal centerman for them to go target? 
Mm. And the name Frank threw out quick was Elias Lindholm. He says Calgary is not going to go into this year with anyone on an expiring deal, anyone of significance on an expiring deal. They need to know from Hannafin and Lindholm is in that group to Foley's in that group as well. Uh, Michael Backlund's in that group. Tanev, Zadorov. Those guys are all in the same group of Craig Conroy wants to know, do you want to be here? If it's yes, we're signing an extension this summer. If it's no, I'm trading you this summer. Lindholm's in that group. If he doesn't want to sign an extension in Calgary, they will move him. If you're Columbus and you're Yarmo Kekalainen, that's your guy. Get a defensively responsible mm-hmm. center that can help insulate the kids in your lineup. Oh, and get the guy who's dynamite with Johnny Goudreau. I was going to say, get the guy who had a career year with Goudreau. I see. It does seem like a really, really good fit for this one. Mm-hmm. I uh, I floated out the idea when it was uh, Friday show with Jay and Bag Milk that Columbus maybe would want to consider moving that third overall pick. I threw out the name Connor Hellebuck as a goaltender to like try and help him out a little bit there. You don't do third overall though. That's you don't a think, lot, bro. I, yeah, I know, but you, you kind of maybe. But if Leo Carlson can be like a dry side of franchise, sure. star, you don't risk that. It's a big move. It's yeah, a yeah. big move. Yeah, yeah. But if you could sign him, maybe it works mm-hmm. out. But yeah, like if I'm Columbus, like clearly there is no hesitation to go out and do whatever it yeah. takes to get this team back to relevancy again. And we kind of saw it a few years ago when they went on, they knocked out Tampa Bay, right? And yeah, the city's actually a pretty good hockey town once it gets going. Dude, Col- yeah, yeah, Columbus, like they still, I think, sold out of most of their home games this yeah, year, if I'm not like, mistaken. Like, yeah, that's I don't legit. like the cannon, but cannon spooks you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so here's, well, we're going to do the AMA travel trade machine right off the bat. Because here's what I cooked up for a potential Elias Lindholm. We've done Lindholm. He's now appearing for a second time on the AMA travel trade machine. He's really moving. But here's what the trade machine cooked up for a deal between Columbus and Calgary. Lindholm and a third round pick in 2024 goes to Columbus for Corson Kuhlman's former first round pick Mm -hmm. and a 2024 first round pick. So the basis I kind of used for this was the Bo Horvat deal. And I actually think the third round pick could probably be taken out of this. Kuhlman's in a first is probably good enough to get this deal done. Um, but I looked at the Bo Horvat deal and he got it. The Islanders had a good sense they could sign him to an extension. Yeah. So you were more comfortable giving up a lot. Maybe Columbus doesn't have that same assurance. They're going to run it in for a year with him. Um, but he got Atu Radu, Anthony Bovillier, and a first round pick in a much deeper 2023 draft. A full year of Lindholm gets you... Corson Kuhlman's, who was a first-round pick mm-hmm. and trending in a very good direction as a prospect. Yep. And it still gets Calgary another first-round pick in this deal. If you're Calgary, I think you'd love a chance to add, again, Alberta boy as well, played in the AJHL. Brooks Bandits. Brooks Bandits. So there's that element to it. He could be a potential top-pairing D-man for you down the line, right? I think that's a good stab to take on a prospect. And you get a first-round pick as well. Who knows what you can do with that? Maybe I would take the third out of this, but that's what I look at. And I compared it again to the Horvat deal. Bovillier was a bit of a cap dump. And then you got a top prospect and a first round pick. So the way I'm kind of looking at this deal is just based off what you said a second ago, where Calgary doesn't want to go into next season with expiring contracts. Mm-hmm. So right now they have Hannafin, Tan Evans, Zadarov as expiring contracts. I think if you lock down two of those guys, this makes this deal a lot easier to do and bring it in a young guy like Kuhlman's. Yeah. Rather than trying to find a guy who needs to be in the NHL right now, I think Kuhlman's is going to be a great player in the NHL. Yeah. Beaumont boy, I believe he is, and he's got a lot of talent. He's he's pretty thick guy too. Like can, can play very well both he's been ways. College hockey, yeah. So I think he needs another year of, of pro hockey in the American League. But yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if like 
halfway through the year he was in the NHL, to be honest, if and, he was on a different team other than Columbus. And now. someone says, why would they do this? And I think that's a fair question to some extent if you're Calgary, because if you're trying to stay competitive next year, yeah, you don't want to give up Lindholm for just future assets. But also the GM, Craig Conroy, first year on the job. If he like, if he mm. wants to take a, I wouldn't be surprised if he takes a longer view. If a guy like Lindholm says, I'm not resigning with you. And you know, maybe they'd get more than them. Like again, Lindholm's in the Selkie conversation some years. Um, so I would definitely take the third round pick out of this. Um, but Coolman's in a first gets you two damn good assets, man. And you can flip that first. You don't have to hold on to it. I just don't know how many teams out there would give you a ready-made top six center in exchange for Elias Lindholm. So yeah. like, do you want to just try to keep your window open and bring in a, who knows what it is as the piece? Are you trying to pry and keep your window open or do you just bite the bullet and say, damn it, instead of getting a middling asset or another top six center who's in his late 20s, early 30s, let's just try to take a chance on a home run with Coolmans and we still get another first round pick. Uh, two things quickly. Could hypothetically, if Calgary say Lindholm is available after he says, no, I'm not re-signing, could mm-hmm. other teams negotiate yeah. with him? That's so, what happened with Severson. Okay. That's why. I, I, yeah, that's right. So QF Pro said is two first, essentially two first pro, uh, things worth it for one year of Lindholm. I don't think Columbus would do this if they don't know Lindholm is going to re-sign. I, I don't think Yarmulke Kalainen gives a shit right now. <laughs> yeah, that's also fair. right. Like I think he's just got to he's got to do what he can to make next year's team as good as possible, or else he is going to get fired. Yes. Secondly, I think uh, Chris Conroy is his name, right? Craig Conroy. Craig Conroy. Mm-hmm. He's still new to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he needs to really look at what this Calgary team is. Like you keep saying, like keep the window open, keep the window open. It's like what is the window? Like there, everybody in your division is getting so much better. Besides you like yeah. maybe it is just time to pull the plug and do what chicago have done and and philadelphia are, are in the current process of doing right now right like i don't think you need to go that deep in may, calgary, maybe you though, don't right? have to go that deep you could do a st louis for example where you bring LA. up the next wave la yeah but if i'm him like i i like the approach of saying like hey do you want to be here or no because we're gonna get what we can for you right now we're not and letting you walk around they have got so like the guys that are available like, who wouldn't want a chris Tanev? You know, like he'd be unreal. I'd love Chris Tanev on the Oilers. He'd be phenomenal. So I actually really like the approach of trying to get younger guys and just retooling on the fly. And if it doesn't work, then you strip it down. But you also have Huberto signed, Cadre signed, like all these other guys, right? But if you do it right, you can be Mm -hmm. back to being competitive in like a year or two. Yeah. Like if, again, young players now make an impact quicker than ever. So you go get a Carson Coolman's. You trade Hannafin and maybe you can go to some other team. Maybe Toronto gives you a Nick Robertson for him or something. You yeah. know what I mean, right? Like those prospects who you know they're going to be NHL players. Maybe they're first line, maybe they're third line, whatever. You know they're going to be NHL players. They're young. Take your risks on those guys. Fill your roster with them. Hope you hit real nicely on a couple of them. In two years, you'll have a bunch of cap space. Bring in a couple more free agents and boom, you're back to being competitive. It doesn't have to be like a Philly or Chicago five, six year rebuild. Mm. You can do this thing right in Calgary. And that's where that Lindholm trade idea kind of comes from. And now's the right time to do it because you've got two guys who have just signed new deals in yeah. the coach and, and GM, right? Like now's your opportunity to have that leeway with the ownership. Yep. Uh, all right. Let's take a look at what everyone is saying in the chat. Tyler Mulek said, let's go get peak. 
He's talking about Andrew Peak, who's a name that's starting to generate a little bit of buzz. He's on Frank Saravalli's trade targets list. 25 years old, right shot D-man, 2.75 million against the cap. I'm out. Why? What, like, who is Andrew Peak? Like, what, is Andrew Peak better than, he's a right shot, right? Uh, is he better than like a CC? Like, is he better than what you've got? That's kind of my thing. Like, where do you upgrade? Is it worth just keeping hold of a CC or like seeing how day on a improves and kind of stuff like that? Like, and plus his cap hit, like, I don't know if it's good enough. Mm-hmm. I want someone a little cheaper. Like, I feel like the others need to be more flexible with the cap. You see what I mean? He's six foot three, 200 pounds. That's tempting. He's right shot, right? Right shot. Okay, yeah. If it's one of those, like you move CC for a third and then you go trade a third for Andrew sure. Peak, like. I'm just, that's a hell of a gamble to take, you know? What's this guy been like? Like, I feel like we're in the Vlad Gavrikov territory again, where yeah, I yeah. just haven't heard of this. I gentleman. don't know enough about Peak to really be like, oh yeah, he can handle top pairing minutes on the Oilers. Because okay. if you're subbing out Cody CC to save $500,000 or whatever for this guy, you need to be sure he can play with Darnell Nurse and give you reliable top four minutes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a lock. Is that a risk worth taking? Sometimes, you know, it's the grass is always green, right? He's in the big, oh, CC, not good, blah, blah, blah. And I agree, CC had a bad year. Two years ago, we were all singing Cody CC's praises, though. Mm-hmm. So you bring in Andrew Peak at 25 years old, like I'm torn on it because it's like, what's the upside? Is the upside that he's better than CC? Sure. I know some analytics people might convince you he's better than CC already, maybe, but it's still a risk. You don't know how a guy's going to adapt to having to play in that kind of a role. I know this stat is what it is, but I'm going to say it anyway. Andrew Peak was minus 41 last season. The next defenseman on the team, uh, Tim Burney, was minus 26. He played 59 games, and it was Gabranson who played yeah. 20. Uh, he was minus 24 at 70. Yeah, it kind of is what it is. Bad team. For though, sure, right? but like that's a big gap. Like I was kind of hoping there'd be someone yeah. right there next to him. I got to look more into him before I give any kind of strong opinion for or against him, but... I just would hope the others believe in their guys a little bit more, maybe than just grabbing someone like this. Yeah. Um, what did Frank say about Peak on uh Andrew Peak was nineteen on his list. He said, Do the math, Wierenski, Provorov, Severson, and your check mm-hmm. make up Columbus's new top four. Good Branson isn't going anywhere. Denton Matichuk is knocking on the door. Bean's coming off an injury. Boquist is only twenty-two. Nick Blankenberg's there. They have so many D men. Blankenberg. Ooh, another yeah. AJ boy. Um, he just says that makes Peak the odd man out, at least from afar, to move somewhere else with three seasons at a cost control number. Like again, very tempting gamble to take, because if it hits and you have three seasons of this dude at under three yeah. million bucks, you're laughing. But it's a gamble, man. It's a gamble. It's the same gamble you took with Cody CC two years ago when you signed him to a, a three-year yeah. deal, right? I think I think a bit more upside just because of the age, but it's yeah, similar. For yeah. Sure, yeah. Tyler Mulek says the Oilers should go get Alexi Lafreniere, the former first overall pick. I haven't heard him in a ton of rumors, but I will say I think the Rangers might do something this offseason that stuns us. Lafreniere is an RFA, no Arbright. So, like, if you're the Rangers, keeping him for another year until he gets his Arbrights or two more years, however much time is left. Keeping him till he gets his Arbrights is probably safe just because he's going to be so cheap. And again, if he pops, you're going to be loving life. But I also wouldn't be surprised if they're trying to really do something to shake up that room. I don't know if trading Lafreniere shakes up the room, though. Like, Like what kind of impact does he really have on the room, right? Yeah. What is he? I guess he's a 30-year guy now, 21 years old. Mm -hmm. He's Arb eligible next summer. So, like, I think you keep him for one more year. Then when he's Arb eligible, maybe you look at moving him. Um, But... I wonder what the Rangers are going to do. I don't. I haven't heard a lot about Lafreniere though. And honestly, if you're Edmonton, like I, don't, I wouldn't bother. 
he's a I, left shot wouldn't fit perfectly the upside's tempting because he's a smart hockey player sure. and like you put him with one of mcdavid or dry settle maybe he pops but i don't know i the thing that i'm that's glaring out at me when i look at his page here tyler mm-hmm. seven playoff games this season zero points didn't the Oilers just go through this with half their damn team like yeah. guys just weren't contributing in the playoffs like yep. i think uh lafreniere is He's obviously not hit the potential that everyone thought he was going to, but he had 39 points this season. Mm. That's not bad for a guy that was buried mostly on the third line throughout the year. Like, I, It'd be interesting to see him on a team. If I was a team like San Jose, for example, I would take a shot at sure. what this could be and play him in the top six, see what you really got there. So I just I wouldn't be in the market if I was you or this. You, you need bigger aspirations mm-hmm. than what someone could be. We're past that now. We already got Nygaard and Haas out of the way. Gaetan Haas got married this weekend. Oh, congratulations. Congratulations to Gaetan Haas. Mm-hmm. I follow him on Instagram. That's how I know that. Uh, <laughs> what else do we got going on here in the chat? Uh, we haven't gone to our short for giant offseason question yet today. Oh, look, a bunch of you. So baked seven. Keith is in there as well. You're asking about Travis Konechny, a guy we've spent a fair amount of time talking about on this show, Liam. Pierre Lebrun, the first of the big insiders to come mm. out and link the Edmonton Oilers to Travis Konechny. That happened after our show on Friday. So we haven't had a chance to dig into it. And the short for giant question is, what's the most you'd be willing to give up for Travis Konechny? Now, if you're sitting there and you're watching the show and you're already, you're click, clack, you're typing away. And you're going to say, Yamamoto, a third and CC. <laughs> uh, giddy up, because that's not getting you Travis Konechny. You're paying out the nose for this guy. He is cost controlled. He is damn good, mm-hmm. and he would fit in like a freaking glove to this Oilers top six. He is the dream offseason fit. He is the at-home level addition you'd be making to this forward group. So what's the most you'd give up? I'll tell you right now. The package starts with your 2024 first-round pick. You don't have one this no, year. You'd so. be giving up your one next year. Yep. What's part B to this? Okay, it includes the first, and Yamo or Fogel are the cap dump. Okay? Let's call it Yamo. Okay, first in Yamo's the cap dump. Remember, he's close to a negative asset at this point. What's piece three? Is it Raphael Lavoie? Probably not even close to enough. No, not enough. Is it Xavier Borgo? Would you do it? I Yeah, I would do it. I think there would be temptation from Philly as well on him. I think so as well. Mm-hmm. I think maybe you could look at Borgo and say, oh, we'll give him a year and one more year to play pro. Then he's up with the big team. One of those guys who can really come out of the rebuild with us nicely while he's hitting his prime. Yep. Borgo, maybe. Would you do Philip Broberg? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, yeah, I would. I would do promo. I think I wouldn't do anything. That would be it. So you wouldn't go to Holloway? No, no, I would not go to Holloway. If I even went to Broberg and I was giving up Yamo, Broberg, and the first. Yamo is not a positive asset. Right? Like, yeah, that's fair. Philly. Yeah, I was going to say maybe you asked them to keep like just a tad bit of money. Yeah, just actually, a tad. that's a good point. Just a tad. If they could keep a million of Konechny, even if then it, even if it brings it down to five million, yeah, 500K sure. for two years, like I would ask for that and I would throw in the third, fourth, whatever it may be as well, just to mm-hmm. kind of get it over the hump. But, I would not touch. I would not trade Dylan Holloway because I think you need to get rid of Fogel. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Mulek said him or Wilson would be great. Yeah. Mistaken Mexican Yamo in a second. You're not, it's not even close. Sergeant Battle says he would do Yamo the first and Borgo. Um, Dave is in. He agrees with that one. So Bake says first Yamo Lavoie again. I don't think that's going to be quite enough. I know you followed up on that as well. Um, Davin says he had a dream Holloway got traded. So, whoa. Or would it be a nightmare? Dun, dun, dun. Stay tuned. We'll find out. <laughs> Here's where I come out on the Broberg thing. I do Borgo. Borgo is, again, your top six is so locked up for the next few years that, like, you can move Borgo. I guess. don't think it's that big of a deal. Like, it always sucks to move prospects, but we're not dealing with a piece in Travis Konechny who's just coming onto the scene here. <laughs> yeah. He gets hurt. I understand that. But, like, let's look at these numbers, AB. Flash shows up. He scores a lot of goals on bad hockey teams, man. How many goals do you think he scores on a good freaking hockey team? 26 years old, too. You could re-sign him in two years, get him through his prime. Like, he's a right winger. You need a right winger. Someone said first Yamo Lavoie on a fourth. I just don't see how Lavoie would have interest to the Flyers, if I'm being honest with you. I think he's a bit too old of a prospect for them to be interested and not enough high-end upside there. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. I don't know. Maybe they would. Like it just depends how how badly they want to strip it all the way down, right? Yeah. Maybe they need a Lavoie to play, but I think I don't know. I wouldn't touch Holloway. Holloway would not be in the conversation with me on this one. QF Pro says Borgo a first in Yamo. I'll do it. Here's where I'm okay with trading Philip Broberg. Like, what are we doing here? Trying to win a cup next year? Yeah. Philip Broberg's your fourth best left shot defenseman. Yes. And he's not he's He's not getting ahead of those guys unless there's a, a unless mighty fall off from somebody. Yeah. Or a huge step forward from Broberg that we haven't seen yet. But yep. this isn't, a, I guess he's very young. I do think Philip Broberg is going to be an NHL defenseman. As the year went on, I was less convinced he'll ever be a top three defenseman, right? Either a guy who's going to play on a top pairing, which would be a two, or a number three, which I always describe a number three as like someone who can drive, like be a damn good second pairing defense, mm-hmm. right? I think he could maybe be a four one day. I give that up to get two years of Travis Konechny, man. Yeah, me too. A million percent. Travis Konechny, Konechny makes your team better today. Broberg, 
he's just not doing that right it, away. And right? it sucks, it's, right? Because you, again, you spend time, you draft, develop yeah. these guys. You would love to have Philip Broberg hit and be a top four guy next year. But at some point, you need to make a decision on him. And I think they're... I think, I, I've, I think the decision was almost made last season when Broberg didn't make the team out of camp and then was and, playing like four minutes a night. In and the Vinny DeHarnay comes into yes. the lineup. And I know they shoot wrong ways, but you could have moved someone over. Like Broberg could have forced their hand a bit this year and he didn't. Um, is there a, a price value on Konechny yet? Do we know an estimation of what it could cost by anyone? I think you're probably looking at a two to three asset deal, right? Yeah, I think that's probably fair. Um, Do you think the Provorov deal? I know it's hard to say because it was three con. Oh, that's yeah. probably a tough one to even evaluate. There's so many cap dumps in there. Uh, just looking at Konechny, someone says, but would he even slot into power play one? He scored only five power play goals last year. Which means 26 of his 31 goals came away from the power play. Three of them were shorthanded. You want to talk about improving your penalty kill? Travis Konechny helps you do that. And I know everyone's going to sit there and be like, why would you spend more on forwards? You have enough firepower, blah, blah, blah. If Travis Konechny helps you score more and Travis Konechny helps your PK, makes you more difficult to play against. How many times did we hear that ahead of the deadline from Frank? That Ken Holland wants this team to be harder to play against. Yeah. Yeah, Travis Konechny's 5'10". That doesn't jump off the page to you, but he skates like a demon. He plays physical. He makes you tougher to play against. Yeah, I've seen that a couple of times in the chat too, being like, oh, well, he's just the same size as Yamo. He's like, but they're different. They're different players. Like I, yeah. Konechny hits a lot of boxes. I love the fact he can score five on five. Like mm-hmm. This team has struggled doing that massively for that, a little man. bit now. And, and that's not even like a, we need... Players who can score five on five with Connor McDavid and yes. Leon Dreisel. Never mind away from them. That's a whole different conversation. And that's something that <laughs> needs to get done this offseason. But like, yeah. I'm all in. <laughs> I'm all in on connecting to Billy Dean says a first Borgo and Broberg and Yamamoto for Konechny, but he's 1.75 retained. I think that's too much. I mean, at that point, that's almost yeah. like an Eichel level <laughs> trade. Yeah, because I was the Eichel one. Talk. Painting Krebs first and something else. And another first or something. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah. I mean, Maybe hey, if they're assets. keeping like half of it, sure. But I don't know. Yep. That seems like a ton. Do you think Connect? I think Connect Me will get moved this Oh, summer. yeah. I think he's going to move this Just summer. because of the pro rough deal. I'll tell you, he's moved by the end of day two of the draft, I bet. That's a good one. Which is coming up too. It's like that two, two and a half weeks away. 12 days. Isn't it June 24th? I think it's the 28th this year. Because oh, day one's 28, day two's 29, NHL 30th draft. I fly back, and then the 1st of July oh, is... Uh, right. It's the 28th. 28th, yeah. There you go. Let us know your thoughts on that. Would you be... Where do you draw the line? Would you move... If, dude, I'd, if Philly said, sorry, we have another deal coming in for Konechny, Ken, it's a first Holloway and Yamo, or we're not doing it. Dude, it's so hard not to pull the trigger on that. First Holloway and Yamo. It makes you so much better for next season. I hate the idea of giving up Dylan Holloway, but like, <laughs> I'm, and I would do, I would not even whisper his name in the trade calls. But if that was the line, it's so hard to not just say you'll do it. So hard. Oh, they, is, is something I'll throw you. They get the deal done now. Before free agency, and they say, "Hey, here's the rights to JVR too," and he'll sign with you for one year, one million. Well, like if JVR was, well, he's probably going to cost more than that. But yeah. I feel you though. Yeah, you never know. You, you can know. grab the rights to JVR. Your right side next year. Yeah, all of a sudden looks pretty, pretty dangerous if that's the case. Yeah. yeah, sure. I'd like a Morgan Frost too. It'd be a nice. One. Tyler Mulek says I would do that for Tom Wilson IMO. I would only do it for Connecting because you get a second year. 
that's what the value is. Yeah. That's why you give up. So big says we can't give up Holloway, but like, why not? I wouldn't. Well, like, well, like, what is Dylan Holloway? Like, again, I think he's going to be an everyday top nine winger. And it's almost like Broberg, right? Broberg mm. will be an everyday NHLer at some point. Yes. Is he a really good third pairing D man? Is Dylan Holloway a really good third line forward who skates fast and all that kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. Or is he going to be a 25 plus goal guy that slides into your top six and is a fit for the next decade? The Oilers need to make decisions on these guys. If you think Philip Broberg is never going to be anything more than a third pairing D man for you in the next in the Connor McDavid era, bye bye. Cash in on his value or whatever's left of it now. Yeah, what, what's the point? If you think Dylan Holloway is going to be a top six winger for you who scores 25 goals next to Connor McDavid for the next six seasons, yeah, <clears throat> you don't move him for anything. Mm-hmm. If you think Dylan Holloway is just going to be a good third liner who gets you 15 goals, if you think he's just Kyler Yamamoto again, trade him. Yeah, I agree. People say, like Tyler me that yeah. we need Holloway to contribute next year if we want to compete. I don't think that the it's around. I mean, of course, you yeah. want to have those value contracts, but there's got to be other things out there, right? Like Holloway didn't do it this year. The others look to be better than they were the year before. Obviously, yeah. it didn't end up that way, but I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting. It's an yeah. interesting offseason. I'll take that comment from you. Like, we need Holloway to be contributing next year if we want to compete. You need someone in that spot to contribute next yes. year if you want to compete. Travis Konechny contributes next year. You'll compete. Anyways, we'll, uh, we'll keep going on with that. Uh, so big says, do you remember Holloway playing with McLeod before the injury? They were going crazy, man. You can't base it off a handful of games. You saw him play with Ryan McLeod though. Right? Like, I don't know. Like I, I'm not, like you said, we're not out here trading Dylan Holloway. We don't even want him to be involved in these conversations, but we're saying yeah. like, if, if that was, it, that was the, the only way. Yeah. Something I would Tempting. consider. Tempting. Uh, all right, let's get to, oh, our, uh, Player grade for today. Yeah. We talked about him just a second ago, but it's the big man, Vincent DeHarnay. I think at this point, 12 months ago, and this is where I'm going with my regular season grade for Vinny. He didn't score a goal. He'll get one though. A couple of good looks. (laughs) If you would have told Oilers fans 12 months ago, Vincent DeHarnay, everyday D-man halfway through next season. A good chunk of people watching this show, Oilers fans in general, I should say, probably would have been like, who? Isn't that the guy in Bakersfield? Yeah. Who's that? Huh? How did they get him? Right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) He ended up coming up, man, and being an everyday defenseman for you. The whole Vinny in, we win, whatever the hell we were calling it back in January. I don't remember what day one. Vinny, we win. Sure. Overcomplicate it every time. (laughs) I think just the step he took going from American Hockey League guy to everyday NHL defenseman who you could trust in a handful of different situations, he gets an A minus for me in the regular season. Sergeant Battle actually I was gonna say. nailed it. Good work, man. A minus. Just because, again, you go from afterthought, injured in training camp, mm-hmm. everyday NHL D-man. That's awesome. That is great progression. 26 years old, it was an awesome story. Gave the Oilers some fight and some tough niche, with, which I think Vinny's presence bled into some other players too. I think it yep. really did give them an emotional spark. We saw he was tight with Stuart Skinner. All these guys in the room who went through Bakersfield all played with Vinny at some point. Because he's been in the minors for so long, right? Forever. So I loved it. But in the playoffs, he just wasn't good enough. And that's fine, man. It's Again, he'll get better. Even though he's only 26, he's clearly a bit of a late bloomer in terms of his hockey game. He'll get better. The playoffs was just a really, really tough lesson. So I go C+. I think I liked what you said, like he'll get better. And I, I think a big thing for Dayane this summer is the fact that 
he's training to be an NHL player this season. Yeah. He's not training to be like, well, maybe I'll make it. Like he yeah. knows he's probably going to be on he the team He knows what he needs year. to work on. You've yeah. had your yeah. cup of coffee, so to speak. Yeah. And like you said, 100% chance of returning. I, I see no doubt in that either. I uh, I was a little unsure what you were going to do for the playoff grade, to be honest, because there was moments you were calling for his his name to be in the bleachers. But he, I actually thought he was good towards the end yeah. of the Vegas series. He started to get better, almost like he found his groove in that way. I, I, uh, I agree. And I actually, I gave him a solid C on my grading in, and I gave him a solid A for the regular season as well. I think, yep. like you said, like he came into this team, made a very positive impact for essentially all six games, right? Like, uh, and was very strong and, and really helped the others out in, in many, many ways. So, yep. I, I, I'm a big fan of Vinny. I think this, this playoffs will be a big learning curve for him and the rest of the team too. And I, I think he's going to come back in a big way. I'm, I'm excited to see one score from his office, which was big this season. He always, if he, he scores on a floating wrist shot from the blue line, he had a couple where he snuck into the <laughs> I, I slot. Know. That's how he'll score. That was, that was scary. Do you remember the one in the playoffs where he, he like came across the crease? Oh, like yeah. little Bobby Orr style. It was crazy. Uh, yeah, Vincent Dayane, A from me, C for the playoffs, and yeah, 100% chance of returning. With Vinny, we winny. Yeah. Uh, Gooden, you said 100% chance of return, but not 100% full season on the team. Uh, no, no, I think at worst, he's your seven next year, right? Like, even if he needs to come out of the lineup every once in a while, he's your seven next year. So, yeah. Contract's too good. Yep. But right. what he does, too. Like, penalty killer, like, again, if he can take a bit of a step forward next year not even like mm-hmm. a huge step forward but like just take a bit of a step forward be a little more trustworthy in your own end make some smarter decisions with the puck on your stick he got in trouble when he tried to do too much i think it's up here he needs to bet better at not yeah. with his skill yeah that's his fair, skill size there yep get some better foot speed too i yep. know for a guy that size like you're always going to be limited by that in a in a way but He'll find his way. I'm excited to see him next year. I think he's back. I mean, the Oilers had teams calling last summer about looking to just pick yeah. him up for nothing kind of thing. And those said, no, we want to keep this guy. We believe in him. And he he made them look smart for doing that. Mm-hmm. All right, there you go. There's our player grade for our friends at Star Mechanical. Shout out to Star Mechanical. Short Ford for the giant offseason question today and Betway. Uh, NBA Finals game number five tonight. Denver going to wrap this bad boy up. Ogre. Playtime is Ogre. Is Shrek I think Miami is three to one plus 300. You don't like the loans? No. I okay. uh, they're so good. Like there was points in the fourth quarter last last game where the Joker was just on the bench because he was in foul trouble, and Denver was still just absolutely dummy yeah, in them. They're just so good, and I think they really deserve it. And Miami has been a fantastic run, but I think similar to Florida, I think the Cinderella story is over. Florida sports fans get both teams in the chip, and yeah. neither of them win. Yeah, too bad. So sad. Go Nugs. All right. Well, there you go. I'm tempted to go Miami at plus 300, but maybe you're talking me out of it. All good. All good. All right. That's a wrap on uh, today's edition of the show. Uh, Shout out to everyone in the chat. Yep. Very active today. Love it. Hit the like button before you go. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. Uh, Tomorrow, we might do another Pacific Division offseason preview. Wednesday, I believe we'll have Frank on Wednesday. And then Thursday, I don't know. Friday, Jay will be here. So yeah. how many more shows I'm live at the draft or in Nashville for a whole week. Um, how many more shows we have this week? So that's five, four more this week. Oh yeah. Four and more, then five and then five. So 14 more plus a free agent specials, 15 plus our season finale show on Monday, the third. So 16 more. <sighs> Who's counting? <laughs> 
Almost well, there. Well, we are. All right, that's a wrap on today's edition. So we will be back tomorrow, noon Mountain Time. New episode of the Real Life Podcast drops this afternoon as well. Talk to you tomorrow. 